Welcome back to the Phillies High Hopes Minor League Rundown. Jeff, we are back from Reading last week. Fun time. Wasn't that a great stadium? You know, you've been there before, and An you were telling me stadium? you were telling me how different it was from Lakewood and Lehigh Valley. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they tried to spruce it up a little bit, but it is it's just an old time stadium and great sight lines and you know, fun atmosphere. I, I enjoy the minor league stadiums. There's just so much going on there for fans to do and be a part of. There's a lot of character, especially at a place like that that's older. And at the same time, every single seat there is like being in you know, the lower section of a major league park because I mean, because that's the size of the whole stadium. So it's, it's really cool to be that much closer to the players. The player, the players are more accessible. Uh, if you saw even the Reading players, when they go from the dugout back to they go through the concourse, they just walk through the concourse. Yeah. And if they're going to the batting cage, they walk through the concourse. So it's, it's very interesting to just see them kind of walking around. And I've been in stadiums where like after a game, they'll just, you know, they they take off their uniforms, they got their T-shirts and their their sweats on, and they go get a hot dog at the Well, it stand. was military appreciation nights. So you ended up with someone's jersey, right? <laughs> yeah. So Did I just spoil a surprise for your wife or something like that on the radio? <laughs> um, it, it was... They were, really co- they were really cool uniforms, and it was military appreciation weekend. And if you remember, there were... Giant bombers flying overhead while our we're listeners doing the will be able to hear. Will definitely be able to yeah. hear that during some of the interviews over the next few and, weeks. And they're not new bombers; these were like World War II planes. Yeah. Well, it turned out it was World War II weekend in Reading. There was an air show there, yeah, and so, a bunch so, of events. So and, it was old timey all over the place. We couldn't uh, thank Reading more for their hospitality. I mean, they they kind of opened it up. The players and the manager were great to talk to. They had us right in the on field dugout suite basically yeah they, they have, have a, they have this new dugout suite along the first base side so you can literally sit down they have it's like a bar top bar table and you just fade you got bar stools and you just, you can just sit up against the uh the field and it's it kind of cool it was cool so we we sat up there and sat at the high tops and and interviewed some of the players and the manager talked about plenty of things the the one we're going to play this week is Derek hall who Literally had just come up from single A the day before. The day before. So we, we caught him while it was a whirlwind going around him and uh, have a listen to the interview and we'll talk to him when we get back. We're here at Reading with Derek Hall. What is it like? You are newly a Reading Philly. Congratulations on the call up. What's it like for you with the move? Uh, well, thank you. Um, you know, it's it's exciting um, to, to be honored, you know, to be able to move up and you know, it's a, it's a great group of guys, and, you know, obviously the, the fans are great, and it's nice to get out of the Florida heat, so. <laughs> what was it uh, like when you got the news that you were moving up? Uh, tell, tell the listeners what's that like for somebody who's never experienced that type of emotion. Oh, you know, it was cool. I, it was something I just wasn't really expecting. Um, I, I just played the game, um, you know, come in, and, like, we're, you know, just – hanging out in the locker room and Sean comes and grabs me and he goes meet me in the office and that's either a really good thing or a really bad thing you know and uh, so I walk in there and I walk the wrong way I walk through um, like the other way to get in there and it's like where all the the coordinators and coaches are so they're all like oh what'd you do last night you get in trouble because you know you're going to the manager's office and I'm just like well I didn't do anything you know my grandparents are in town I went and ate with them <laughs> You know, but they, they're just messing with me and uh, go in the office and uh, 
Sean says, well, congrats, like, you're going to Reading, and, you know, it, it never hits you right away. I don't know why, It's, but, you know, I was excited, and I was sitting there with uh, with our infield guy and first base coach, Gotai, and, you know, it was all smiles, and I walked back out the other way, you know, and, and the first person I remember seeing is, is, is Manzo, and he gave me a, whenever Manzo shakes your hand, it's a good thing, you know, it's just kind of a, like an honor, you know, and and uh, just uh, see those guys happy, and I was just overjoyed, you know, just being you know, able to have the opportunity to, to move up, and you know the guys were really happy, and you know it was it was a it was a really cool experience. So before we started this interview, you mentioned that uh, there was a little difference in your sleeping arrangements. So so what was what's the first difference you had from Clearwater to here? Oh, well, I was at the house I was staying at in Clearwater just to save money. You know we we had. I think uh, we had six guys in the, seven guys in the house, and I think five, six of us were sleeping on air mattresses. So you know, last night I got settled in with uh, McGarry and Lefty, and uh, there was a bed. I haven't slept on a bed in really since January because in February I go back to DBU with the guys, and I just hit at the field. I slept on an air mattress there, and then spring training, you know, hotel, and then since the season started, it's been on an air mattress. So my back feels great today. So that so that explains the fact that you, in your first game, you hit a home run. <laughs> Just imagine you, you were le- leading the uh, Florida Coast League or Florida State League in home runs this year, correct? I was. And so you come up here and you immediately sleep on a regular bed and hit one right out. <laughs> yeah, we're like clockwork. <laughs> no pressure, huh? <laughs> Jeff and I are going to contribute a mattress wherever you end up to make sure that the hitting keeps going well. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll hold you to it. <laughs> So, so what's it like been? What's it been like to, to get to Reading and adjust to another set of new players and teammates? You know, I mean, baseball is a game of adjustments. You know, it seems like you can never get too comfortable because something changes. So, you know, being with the new players, it's kind of like you got to get your feet wet and and uh, just you know be yourself. I think that's important. You know, guys respect that when you're trying not to do too much. You're just trying to you know do you and and you know stay stay to yourself and then you kind of eventually just work your way in you know you don't want to show up and be like i'm here you know that, that doesn't work when you get here did you, did you meet with greg leg yeah and do you talk about like what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses and what you're going to be working on when you're here not really um when you get here he just kind of breaks it down the schedule um what things are going to be like um you know signs obviously and just i mean it was real simple um, he just said, "Stick to your routine, like the same stuff I was doing in Clearwater." Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure some things will change. You know, the more they they get used to me and and maybe some things that they see. But right now, it's kind of just like the the acclimation process. You know? Now, when when you were in college, I hear not only did you have the skill to hit a baseball, but you might have been able to throw a baseball. <laughs> a little. Yeah, I, I pitched. Uh, I pretty much pitched my whole life. Um, I really, I was hurt my first two years of high school. My my shoulder was kind of messed. It was like a growing pain issue, um, and I started throwing again when I was a junior. And uh, that was kind of something that helped me get through. Because in high school, I wasn't the best hitter. Um, you know, I was a learning hitter. I, I had to figure some things out. But I was always I could always throw strikes, and I throw uh, three pitches for a strike, kind of wherever I wanted. And uh, I got better and better on the mound, and you know, as a as a hitter and a position player, and and uh, really. Um, my sophomore year is when I took off pitching wise 
and uh, it was I love pitching. I, I miss it sometimes just because it, it would break up the normal you know first base flow. So like some you know I would play first base every game except for the game I pitched. And when I would pitch, I'd just go in after I was done. I'd DH, and the next day I'd be playing first base again. So have you uh, uh, said to any of your coaches, "Hey, by the way, coach, if you need me for an inning?" Yeah, they they always <laughs> smirk at me because nobody can see it. You know, it's it's just like hazy. Like people, if he went around and told people like, "Oh, I pitched," you know, you just if you haven't seen him do it, it's kind of like a, almost like funny, you know, because you just can't picture him doing it. Now you come from a baseball family. Yeah. So, yep. so tell me, what was it like growing up in – your grandfather was a baseball player, right? Yeah, so he, he was really the one who got it going in our family. Um, he played professionally. He, he played um, some minor league ball with the Giants, and then he played professionally in Mexico. And after he was done with baseball, he actually became like a, back in the day of fast-pitch softball when it was a thing. And he's in the Arizona Hall of Fame for fast-pitch softball. So he was, he was quite the, the hitter. That's awesome. And his sons um, – Shane and Lad Hall. Lad was drafted three times, and he didn't sign. Um, and Shane was drafted twice and didn't sign with the Red Sox. Um, What's it like to have family members that have gone through and walked in some of the same shoes that you have? Is that helpful to get some of that advice from them about what they experienced? Yeah. Um, you know, just growing up around them and, and seeing how they kind of went about it. And, um, you know, I, I kind of followed suit in a way. Um, but you know, I, I can't I can't give those guys enough credit for what they you know the the role model that they've been to me and even to this day, you know they're not they're out of the game but they're model fathers and and they you know they love their families and they you know they just take care of business and you know that's something I admire. Have you gotten any advice from any Phillies in the system? Anything that's helped you along the way so far? Yeah, um, I talked to like Reese a little bit. This, this last spring train just on you know some like timing stuff and his his thing is you know just just being like you don't have to like almost guess it's just, it just kind of happens you know I was struggling a little bit with timing and I think I you know I, I've, I have a tendency to be kind of forceful like what I'm trying to do I try to force it instead of just like you know letting telling myself to do it and then letting my body kind of just let it happen when it's the right pitch and that's just something I talked to him about um you know, there's there's a ton of things. You know, that like as at infield, like Truby. You know, talking to Truby and looking at watching other infielders that are great. You know, it's it, you can really pick some things up by watching other players. You know, and I, th- you know, it's it, it, <clears throat> as a baseball player, you just you you're constantly growing, and you go. It's almost like you're like a like a like a seashell. You're always growing out of a new shell. Like what might work one year. And then you just lose that shell and you grow another one. You know, it's just you're always you're always changing and and uh, you know the same stuff. The stuff that worked for me last year, honestly, is a little. It's not working. You know, it's, I have different keys this year, and that's just something that you grow. You know, grow up kind of learning and doing. You you seem to not be putting pressure on yourself. It seems like you're you're kind of going with the flow. Is that something that is innate in your personality? Is it something that you've learned through the the coaches that you've had here or or maybe through your your grandfather and your family having gone through it yeah I just you know it's something I, I kind of you know was taught by my grandpa um it's just like I, I like to take away the intangibles you know so it's like there's going to be times where you roll balls over or you know balls take a bad hop and you know it, it sucks but it's okay you know you, you gotta you gotta 
get up and do it again. You got to play the next day. You know, you go for four one day. You can't drag. No for four, you could be 0 for eight. If you do that, you know, it's just kind of like something I feel like all of us have to learn to be successful at this game because it's it's too hard for too long, you know, to to remember, you know, a bad game or to hold on to something. You just kind of got to let it let it go. So, what's the most fun you've had so far in the game? You know, I think the most fun is like you know, obviously like playing is great, but it's really just being around the guys and just have that camaraderie of of being a team and and trying to win. You know, and like obviously the baseball part, like hitting, you know, throwing guys out, like that's fun. But I think it's just being around the the people and the experience and just learning how, you know, kind of how we all cope with it. And you really, I tell you what, after 140 games, you learn what you know exactly how a person is. Because a lot of the actions that you know are reflected on the field is re reflected on their, their personalities. So, so. When, when, when you make it up to the big leagues, what's going to be your number? I honestly, whatever number they give me. Yeah. You what, know, what was I, the number you when you were a kid? Um, well, I started out, I kind of liked 16 because my uncle Lad was 16. I always looked up to him. Um, you know, he was the one I got to see play most. Shane was a little bit older. And then... I couldn't get 16 in high school, so I switched to 14 because I still like the teens. And then 14 was my junior college coach's number, so I had to switch to 18. So it's always <laughs> been like I've never really had a number. Uh -huh. um, and then I thought it was going to be 22 because that's what I had at DBU, and then uh, that didn't happen. I, at, uh, I forgot who had it at Williamsport. So then I was 46, and I liked 46, so I got 46 at Lakewood. And then in Clearwater, Fultz was 46, the pitching guy. So, and then Sean was 22, so <laughs> I had to pick another number. So what number do you got here? 43. All right. They just gave me 43. But a lot of times, you know, when you're a bigger guy, the, the bigger jerseys are bigger numbers. So that's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> they look better that way. Yeah. 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 So what's your walk-up music going to be? Um, so I picked up, or, or I uh, put on, it's called No Gain by Wiz Khalifa. I'm, I, I love a ton of music. Like, I listen to everything. I listen to some rap, rock, country. Big. I actually like rock a ton. Like, 2000s, a little bit of punk rock. You know, I, I, I don't know. Puts lead in my pencil. There you go. But, so, uh, so, so who's the, who was the DJ in, in the uh, Clearwater locker room? Honestly, it was kind of... So, we would have, like, American Day and then Latin Days. So, it, and, um, so, when it was the American Days, it was either me or Luke Williams a lot of times. Or... Um, Sometimes it was Aaron Brown. Okay. Brown would throw on some stuff. But and who was on Latin Days? Latin Day, it was like Sixto, Medina, uh, Gomez, a lot. Who do you Yovera. think? Yovera. Who are they going to be the DJs up here now? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. You know, I, I hadn't really seen too much of it. But. What's it like to uh, play with Sixto and, and watch him as fans? You know, he's, he's a name you hear about from the organization. You got to see him up close. What was that like? Yeah, um, I tell you what, it's, it's 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 cool watching somebody with just mega tools throw. You know, like guys that just you look at that's you know God given arm. You know, I, you can train your whole life. Some people won't be able to throw that hard. You know, so it's it's cool like watching that guy. It's like I guarantee in twenty years when I'm sitting on my couch, I'm throwing TV. It's gonna be Sixto Sanchez throwing on the mound. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I could assure you that. But you know, it, it's cool to watch him go through the process and. You know, it, he's definitely working on it. You, you can tell through his numbers, he's he's starting to really get it figured out. All right, so so what's, what 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 do you guys have planned for uh, Cornelius tonight? 
I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I know. What is he? Is he turning the big 2 1 tonight? 21. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. I'm not sure. It. He said he was going to keep it PG for us in the interview. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see about that. But thank you so much for the time. We wish you the best of luck up here and hope you keep moving up uh, so we can see you in the big team one day. No, thank you. Have a great one. So uh, we referenced Cornelius Randolph's 21st birthday in that interview. We'll, we'll have an interview with him later on uh, in a couple of weeks where uh, it was his birthday on Saturday. So they were planning to go and celebrate. What was your favorite part of that interview, Jeff? Uh, besides keeping lead in the pencil, <laughs> um, I, I, I think the part was about the mattress. I mean, it, it, to me, it was really interesting. Is, you know, people just assume all these guys, you know, ha- have everything handed to them. He lives. He lived in a house in Clearwater with with six other guys, and and they didn't have furniture, so they had air. And he had an air mattress. We got to be able to get floor. this guy a mattress deal or something. Right? I know. I, some somebody who's listening in Reading that owns a mattress store, cut a deal with him. Get him to have an endorsement. <laughs> and you can hear Derek Hall. In the oh, rest. and by, and by the way, he's going to need a California King mattress. Because he's six four. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed how you agreed with him on the bigger jerseys for bigger people thing, and uh, you, you kind of got in on that, like some secret club of big people if, or something. If, if you're a bigger guy or girl, you need to have more than one digit. So, like the number one looks awkward on a big person. Yeah, it looks well unless you're really thin. Because the number but, like forty three would take up my whole back. So. Well, <laughs> uh, we saw him that night wearing his forty three, and there was. Plenty of area around him. Was a, the the he's guy a big is dude. a big, strong. He's six four. I think about two hundred and forty pounds, and he can hit the ball a mile. He he was definitely a big guy. Uh, you can follow Derek Hall and the rest of the Reading Phillies after us here on six ten. Uh, listen to their series this weekend. And for anybody who thinks that if they if a guy if someone hasn't been drafted in the first or second round, those are the guys that make it wrong. Uh, Where was the, he drafted, Jeff? I think he was the 407th person drafted, I believe, and uh, um, he, he, I think it was the 20th round, and and he he is gonna make it, I think. All right, let's uh, let's leave the interview there. We'll get to the farm report, which you want to rename the arm report in a second. Uh, let's talk about the Phillies draft this past week, which was held on Monday and Tuesday. Your thoughts on what they did? They had the number three pick. Are you surprised? Disappointed, excited. What's your reaction? Uh, I'm, I'm, I was a little disappointed in the third pick, but not because of the third pick. I was disappointed because I really wanted Joey Bart, and Joey Bart was taken as a second pick by the Giants. For he's, our listeners who don't know, okay, so he's a catcher. He's a catcher who's got a gun for an arm, and of course you say, well, but we got that guy. We got Alfaro. You can never have enough catchers in your system. Okay. So they're they're good trade chips, and catchers don't really have that long a life expectancy in the, in the league because of what happens to their knees from getting beat up all the time. So it's always a good idea to have more catchers. So it, we ended up taking Alec Baum. Yeah. It's a good name for a, <laughs> a home he run not, hitter. He, and he is not going to be able to have a single digit on the back of his jersey because so, he's a, a tall guy. Who, and you're not used to having really tall guys at third base. We, you have gone back and forth on our High Hopes Twitter account. Mm-hmm. What, give everybody the handle so they can follow you. Uh, at High Hope Phils. So High Hope you've gone back and forth with people over Mickey Moniak. Yeah. Let's compare this pick to last year's pick. He's more of a long-term guy, was a younger player. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, out of high school. Out of high school. Yeah. Alec Baum is predicted to move through the system faster. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he skips uh, Williamsport, maybe starts... 
in a couple weeks. That's if he signs, by the way. So assuming he signs soon, you'll go down, you'll go to Clearwater to get ready, and then he'll either start in Lakewood or Clearwater would be my guess. Um, I They say that he, he is very mature in his understanding of the strike zone, which is good to hear considering the number of strikeouts we have up here now. Um, and they're not sure whether or not he'll stick at third base, but he's got a lot of power. So that was a good pick. And he played at a good college program at Wichita State. They've they've play, had a lot of success and played in, in big-time games. Shockers. And, yeah. They, the shockers. I, I used to enjoy watching them in the College Baseball World Series mm-hmm. um, each year. Uh, there was no second or third-round pick due to the Arietta and Santana signings. Mm-hmm. You're okay with that? Yeah. Uh, if you had to trade a pick to get Jake Arietta, you okay with it? Arietta, yes, but I know that you have your opinions on Santana kind of clogging up. Yeah, the, but but the here infield, so. here's the deal. I mean, once you get past the first couple picks, and even then, um, it's kind of a crapshoot. You don't know how people are going to develop. It's not like the NBA where somebody comes in and plays right away. You're well, not going to see most of these guys two for three rounds. or four years. The NBA also has two rounds. You, right. you like the Phillies' 11th round pick. Well, uh, the way that it worked is there's a guy named Dominic Pipkin, and Dominic Pipkin is dra- was drafted as a shortstop. I mean, that was his main position. But over the last couple of years, he's also developed as a pitcher. And the chances are you will not see him playing shortstop. You will see him pitching. So he's done the backwards Derek Hall, which I found fascinating yeah. that he was a pitcher. And that was how Derek Hall got sort of in and made his way before his hitting came around. Well, he said he was struggling with his hitting. And then he decided he stuck with it because his pitching did well. So it worked out for him, at least staying in the game long enough to develop as a hitter. Um, in this case, the guy has thrown at a tor- at a national tournament 96 miles an hour as, an, as a 17, 18-year-old kid, routinely throws at 93. He's coming from high school. He's coming from high school. But is he going to play school. college ball at Cal? Or is well, he that's, so that's the question. Is it, Now, the, fil- the, the reason that he dropped, because if you look at he was taken at the 257th slot, he was in the top 100 prospects in the country. Okay. So the reason that he dropped is a concern about whether he was going to go to Cal. Okay. He's a commit at Cal, and Cal is a very good baseball program. All right. So, But but they believe, and what, what scouts believe, is that he's going to sign with the Phillies. We will watch that and the other picks. Let's do a quick rundown of the arm report since you want to take off the F. Uh, these Phillies <laughs> are uh, throwing some gas. <laughs> De Los Santos has just... I mean, he hasn't had a bad start for at Lehigh Valley. De Los Santos at Lehigh Valley, and, and the he's AAA the guy team. they got for Freddie for Freddie Garcia. I'm not Freddie, Freddie Galvis. Freddie Galvis, yeah. Um, eight he, innings pitched, one earned run in his last start. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs are on a four game winning streak. Team's playing well. Yep, and then and then when you go down to Reading, and they had Ranger Ranger Suarez, and we got to see Ranger pitch uh, when we were in Reading. Yeah, you and your son stayed for that game. Good not night for a baseball pitch, game. By the way, not only did he pitch well, he got a hit. So, and you had a good view. You were right behind home plate where they were with the the gun for shooting for the speed of the pitch. Yes, and and Rangers got a lot of movement on his pitches. He goes deep into games. He knows how to keep his pitch count down. It's the kind of guy you'd like to see develop. I mean, I, I personally want to see JoJo pitch, but we'll have to go back and try that. Tell me about Jeff Singer because we got an interview with him that will air in a few weeks, and he's a fun story. Yeah, I don't want to give it all away because because the story is so great. But Jeff Singer a couple years ago was uh, putting gas in cars. So uh, he his father works at a car dealership. He pitched at Rutgers Camden for all the local people. Played um, for the Camden River Sharks. Yep, when he wasn't drafted, and then he went to an open tryout, and he was the only lefty, so he got to go first. 
and he hit a speed on the gun that he said he never hit before. And it was the Yankees, the Orioles, and the, and the Red Sox, and the scuttlebutt got around the league about him, and the Phillies scooped him up because he was a Phillies fan from when he was a kid, and he is now moving through the system. He was called up to Reading on yeah. June 1st. No earned runs, five inning pitched, seven strikeouts, yep. and one hit allowed. Now go to where our first stop was, which was Lakewood. Lakewood. And they are loaded with arms again. So they have— Your boy Will Stewart's there, firing Will, gas. Will Stewart, again, a 20th round pick. And Will, Will Stewart is leading single A in ERA. And he is now the starter for the All-Star, the, the single A All-Star game. But in addition to him, four out of the top five pitchers in the South Atlantic League are starters for the Blue Claws. We got two minutes left. Give me stock up, stock down, Jeff. Well, for stock, Poor stock, guy. Uh, stock up, I just stated it. It's Will Stewart. I mean, Will Stewart is just having a great Will, Will Stewart has a 1.25 ERA, is 5-0 and with 50 K, 58 strikeouts, 8 walks, and 64 innings. You can't pitch much better than he has so no. far. No, it's everything. It's, it's it, every, every part of his game is clicking from the beginning of the season. All right, so he's a stock up. What you yeah. got for stock down? Unfortunately, it's Mitch Walding. He had uh, a I'm tough a, couple weeks. Man, he, so he gets called up to the Phillies. And he proceeds in his first major league start to get the golden sombrero. And for people who don't know what that is, that is four strikeouts and four at-bats. Uh, he got a strikeout in another game, and then they sent him back to the minors. So he's now back at AAA. The problem for him is the position that he played uh, is now being played by Dominic Tomshay, who came up from Reading. Who's been mashing the ball in Double right. A and moved yeah. up to AAA. And so he's going to have to share his former spot on the diamond. Um, anything else surprise you this week in our last minute of the show? We had a retirement right in the Phillies farm system. We did. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a shame. This is the second time that he's gone through this. Uh, I, I wish him well. I hope he, I hope he does come back. I think he, he was a good ball player. Um, we'll see. Uh, anything else surprise you with what's going on in the Phillies organization as of right now in the last 30 seconds? Nothing surprising me. I just hope I hope that the Phillies big club gets past this issue with with the uh, the shift. Well, they got JP Crawford back, yeah. so we'll see what that means in terms I don't know of that much playing that helps time the offense, and, though. and lineups and, mm-hmm. and what people have. Something to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you, you got to see you got you got a farm team that bunch of arms coming through the system, and and right now it's the bats. They're all excited. Well, but that's what you want. I mean, look, you can never have enough arms. You can never have enough catchers. Nope. And all of those are also trade chips. So Thank keep that in mind. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.